You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, come with me in just a few minutes we have left. I'm so naughty. John chapter 6, real quick. John chapter 6. How many people thought that Colin Higginbottom and the Pathfinders Conference on the weekend was off the fashizzle? Off the fashizzle. Which is a really naughty word. I struggle saying that. Fashizzle. I do like it, though. But it was, it was amazing, Colin, the atmosphere in here. How many people went to that on the weekend? How many people, how many people took something out of it? Every time you go, every time you're in church, every time you're in a conference, you should always take something. You know, I grew up in Australia and we had a band called In Excess and they had a song called Listen Like Thieves. And, and that song came out in 1986, right around the same time I got saved. And, uh, and I, I didn't know there was a such thing as Christian music, but I remember hearing that song. And I felt like God's speaking to me saying, son, when you go to church, listen like thieves. And every time I'm in church, I'm, I'm stealing that, stealing that. I'm applying that to my life. I'm taking that home. Man, I've just... Everybody down on their knees. Dun, dun, dun. Listen like thieves. Listen like thieves. Always come to church ready to steal something. Go home with something you didn't come with. Every time you go to the house of God, your life should go up. Your life should go up. Amen. All right, real quick, I'm, 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 out of, I'm, out of, I'm in trouble. Oh, dear Jesus. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is by the Sea of Tiberias. Great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed. And those, on those who were diseased, Jesus went up on a mountain, sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude toward them, said to Philip, where should we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him, for he knew himself what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii, a year's worth, a year's salary worth of, a year's worth of salary would not buy enough bread sufficient for them that everyone would have a little. But one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they amongst so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was, about, there was much grass in the place, and when the men sat down in number, there was about 5,000 men, plus women and children. Most Bible scholars say anywhere between twelve and 20,000 people in the crowd in front of him. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were all filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And they gathered up 12 basketfuls. Last scripture, go to Luke 9.16. It's the same story, Luke 9.16. And there's just, there's just a, little, a little formula in there I want to just kind of land on. Luke 9.16 says, and then he took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed, broke, gave them to the disciples, and set them before the multitude. In the book of Matthew and in the book of Mark, it says that he took the five loaves, looking up to heaven, gave thanks, blessed, and broke them. Today, I want to uh, talk to you very, very, very quick before we, I move into a time where we're going to pray for people about your life having supernatural increase supernatural increase. I, I had somebody, you know, kind of make a, make a 
kind of like a, a little bit of a, a critical dig, but really it was a compliment that at, at Awaken Church that we preach, you know, prosperity, blessing, that God actually wants you to have a good life. As though Jesus died on the cross, but really couldn't do anything else to fix your life. And, uh, but I want you to know that when Jesus died on the cross, 1 John uh, 3 verse 8 says, for this reason, Jesus appeared on earth to destroy the works of the devil. It doesn't say for this reason appeared on, Jesus appeared on earth was to just to get you to heaven. It says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, Jesus came to destroy, to destroy, to destroy the works of the devil. Every curse is broken in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, every poverty mindset, every dysfunction, every hold, every stranglehold that the devil has had over your life, you don't have to live this side of eternity with, with, uh, un, with the curse or with dysfunction or with lack or with hopelessness, and then we don't have to on that side. That's why Jesus came doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So there's a few things I want you to understand. The first thing is you've got to understand that when Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, he's looking out at, at 20,000 people in front of him. He knows that what he has with him is insufficient. You may feel like that right now. Man, the vision that God has given me is greater than the resources with me. Man, I've got a dream, Pastor. I've got a dream that I want to write million dollar checks, but right now I can't even write a rent check. I, I want to I help fund the kingdom, but I can't even put gas in my car. That's all right. That's all right. Don't lower the vision. The disciples said, you know, dismiss the crowd, send the crowd away. Jesus said, no, you don't need to dismiss the crowd. We ain't lowering the vision. I don't need to lower the bar to make it easier for God. God, God God's good with this. God, God does not need my help to make the problem smaller. Do I need to shrink it more, Lord? A little bit more, just a little bit more. That Oh, that's still too hard. Can you make it smaller? No, God's good with, with problems. God's good with problems. And so Jesus sit them down in groups of 50. They sit them down in groups of 50. They're like, here we go, here we go. And the Bible says looking up, not looking down at, at the insufficient, not looking out at the problem, but looking up. All breakthrough comes when you look up. Every single person that has had a, a, a life-transforming moment will have the testimony of when I walked into the house of God, my eyes stopped looking at my problems, stopped dwelling on what has happened or what hasn't happened or what somebody did to me or what somebody didn't do for me. And instead, in the house of God, I heard a word and it caused me to look up. And when I saw what Jesus has done, when I saw that my God is risen, that He's seated at the right hand of the Father, that He's making intercession, all breakthrough comes from looking up. Until your vision changes, nothing changes. Until your vision changes. Now listen, God gave you eyes to see. God gave you eyes to see. That's called sight. But God did not create the heavens and the earth with sight. For you to see, light must be present. Ever walked from a room where lights are on and then into a dark room and, there's, and you, you, it's like until your eyes adjust to pick up any level of light, you can't see, you're completely blind. So for you to see, light must be present. The Bible says, God creates the heavens and the earth. The earth is formless and void. Darkness covers the face of the deep. Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. In other words, God created the heavens and the earth before he turned the lights on, which tells me that, that vision comes before sight. If you're waiting to see it happen and you're yeah, well, I'll believe it when I see If you're, you're, you're going to be waiting a long time. God says, no, no, believe it. And then you'll start seeing it. God, God wants you to have vision. You, you, you've got to see it before you see it. You've got to see it. 
You got to see it before you see it. So looking up, you know, it reminds me in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John go to the temple at the hour of prayer. And the Bible says daily they they laid a a man there who was born lame in his feet. And they laid him on the ground at the gate of the temple. Jesus would have walked past this man many a time, many a time. And it used to bug me that Jesus didn't heal him. Like, come on, Jesus, why wouldn't you heal him? And Jesus says, I will. When I get to heaven and my spirit's inside of these guys, it's all good. I'm going to heal him, but through them. Because I'm going to tell them to wait in Jerusalem till they receive power. And this guy will be a good opportunity for them to realize they receive power. So the Bible says, as they were going into the temple, this man lifted up his cup as he would normally do. And it's interesting, he lifted up his cup hoping to get some coins. And the Bible says this, Peter said to him, look at us. So the man is laying on the ground, holding up his cup, but all of a sudden, maybe he just had his cup like this. Maybe he was looking, just going, when I hear coins, then I'll get happy. When, but I don't, I don't want to look up because how many people just, you know, kind of do the, the Aussie haka. <laughs> I didn't bring my wallet. I don't have any money. I so I won't even look up. But Peter knew nothing changes till you look up. Look at us. And when he looked up, now he was expecting to receive something. The greatest thing that can happen in the house of God is you get an upward look. You begin to look up. Don't look down at what you don't have. Don't look out at how big your problem is, but begin to look to God. Begin to look to how awesome your God is. Your God is a healing God. Your God is a delivering God. Your God is an empowering God. Your God is an increasing God. Your God is a blessing God. Your God is a God of favor. Looking up, the Bible says, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. Thankfulness, you know, it's Thanksgiving coming up and I know that you're only allowed to have two hours and only three families and you're not allowed to sing. And uh, in Australia, we have a naughty saying. Now, I don't want to, listen, the last thing I want to do, the last thing I want to do is Australia naughtyize you. But it's, there's a saying we have down under, and the acronym is B-I-O-Y-S. B-I-O-Y-S, B-O-Y-S. It's the acronym. But what we do when, when somebody acts like Newsom saying, you can only have three you know, families there, only two hours, and you can't sing and shout, and if someone goes to the bathroom one at a time, which is kind of pretty normal, and, uh, and then make sure you sanitize it. In between, I don't know where, where, what Newsom gets up to, but anyway, that's <laughs> kind of normal. But we have a saying down under, B-I-O-Y-S. You can blow it out your shorts. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, tell him he can blow it out his shorts. <laughs> so Thanksgiving is coming. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the Bible says we enter his gates with... We enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm telling you, if you're saying, well, I'm not a happy person, start giving thanks. If you just start getting thankful, I'm thankful for, I've got a great job. I'm thankful that I know John Heinrichs. I'm thankful that Awaken Child, I'm thankful that I get to go to work. I'm thankful that I'm breathing. If you just start to get thankful, you'll find that everything will begin to change. In fact, the Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
that you, you enter into his gates. God lives in a gated community and the access code is thankfulness. When you can begin to become grateful, do you know that grateful people are the happiest people and entitled people are the most miserable people? The antidote to entitlement is gratitude. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Now watch this, and he blessed. He didn't curse, lousy five loaves and two, more people bring. He, he blessed. The word there in the Greek, blessed, is the word eulageo. Eulageo. I, I, I was uh, talking with Kenny Robbins, and he says, Pastor, do you know the word eulageo comes from you Googleizer, one who speaks at funerals? <laughs> Was that you or was that? Oh, no, that might have been Zoolander. And, uh, <laughs> but you think I didn't know what your little Time magazine means? <laughs> you Googleizer, one who speaks at funerals? And so, <laughs> it's, where we, it's where we get the word, I'm out of time already. It's where we get the word eulogy. <laughs> having too much fun. It's where we get the word eulogy. The word eulogy means to speak well of. A eulogy is what happens. You know, someone's in a casket and then all of a sudden we, you know, we make up lies about how awesome they were. But they were much better. He, he, he helped little old lady across the street. And, you know, if he would have been alive today, he would have had a little puppy farm. Probably would have kept kitten tears in his bottle. Man, that guy was a saint. And, and the family are like, that's done. A guy. It's like, anyway. But, but it's important. It's important. It's, it looks, if you're going to embellish at some point, eulogio means to speak well of. A eulogy is remember the best of somebody's life. Eulogio, the Bible says he blessed. Eulogio, he spoke well of. There's a lot of people, you can get stuck. You might be looking up to God. I'm believing God, Pastor, for a breakthrough. Man, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for Pathfinders. I'm thankful for the apprenticeship. I'm thank you for, you can be thankful, but you can get stuck here where, ah, man, my lousy job, my lousy boss. I can't believe it. I should have got that promotion, but someone else, man, this is so expensive in the city. Have you seen the property taxes? And, and, and instead of blessing, you're cursing and you wonder why you get stuck. I had a property in Australia when we moved here and uh, I would prophesy that the property was going to sell, it was going to sell for top dollar, Shabrata is going to sell for top dollar. And then I'd talk to people and they'd say, hey, you know, I said, oh, Flip, i got this problem, man. You know how hard it is, church planting. And then I'd, you know, do the, I'd do the pity party, telling about how hard it is and the market in Australia and the market, you know, God's timing, you think he'd, like, does he even know what's going on? And, and then one day God just said, and I'm frustrated with God. I said, God, what the flip? Sell my freaking property. And he's like, oh, every time I try to, you curse it. He says, you can either have sympathy from men or power from me, but you got to choose. You can either have the sympathy of men when you get out there, Jurgs, with your little violin, or you can have power from me. But power from me means that you've got to take on the Romans 4.17 where God speaks those things that are not as though they are. Speak those things that are not as though they are. Let the, let the poor say, I am rich. 
Begin to say, by his stripes, I am healed. Begin to say, I am the head, not the tail. We're going into purple, but I am clothed with purple from on high. I am heaven's royalty. Deals come to me. Even while I'm at home, even while I'm in isolated, isolation, deals come to me. They find me. They track me down. My, 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 my inbox is going to be filled with emails of requests for the services I can provide. This is going to be a year of extraordinary, supernatural prosperity, blessing, and increase. And then the last one that I touched on at... Um, at Pathfinder's conference was Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He, after he blessed and broke it, he broke it and distributed it. First he received, but then he transmitted. One of the funniest things, because I didn't get saved in church, I got saved on a beach. So, you know, I come to church and I'm trying to learn the church thing. I'm trying to learn the church thing. The first church I went to was my best friend, Paul Massey. He's like, man, now that we're Christians, we've got to go to church. I'm like, oh, flip, really? He's like, yeah. So we go to church. And so he goes, man, yeah, I'm Catholic. We go, so I just rock up. And, uh, and I didn't realize as you're walking in, there's like this little kind of basin thing. It's got water in there. And you got to, you know, do this. I'm like, you know, I don't want to miss the thing. I'm like, man, okay, you know. And then I look up and the freaking drug dealer from the beach is walking up. I'm looking at him going, what are you doing here? And he looks at me like, why are you asking? And he goes like this. And I thought, man, he must have got saved too. I said, man, that's incredible. I just had an encounter with Jesus. You too. He goes, what are you talking about? I've been coming since I was a kid. And I'm looking and, you know, the, all, all the woman eyes and all the scout. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Anyway, then I'm, I'm walking into church. You know, I was just a young buck. I was only 18. So I'm, you know, thinking, she's cute. Wow, she's cute. And I had no idea that when you find the, um, you know, the aisle that you're going to go in, you're meant to drop on one knee and genuflect. I didn't know that you're meant to do that. So I'm checking out the talent. And Paul drops in front of me. And I'm looking. And now all of a sudden I don't see him. And I just go straight over the top of him. I'd only been a Christian a week. I was saved. My mouth wasn't. So over the years, over the years, I was trying to learn this whole church thing. And then I'd, I'd keep meeting these people, Pastor Tom would say, yeah, we're leaving the church. I'm like, oh, why not getting fed anymore? And I'd look at them going, okay. <laughs> they got a big old, they got like the mother of all study Bibles under there. Like if you had that Bible and you dropped it off a freeway, you'd cause a wreck. I mean, the Bible... leaving the church because we're not getting fed anymore at some point you got to move from receiver now listen you got to be a receiver absolutely jesus says receive the holy ghost you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you you're going to receive the gifts of the spirit you're going to receive healing you're going to receive salvation you're going to receive revelation. You're going to receive empowerment. You're going to receive enlightenment. And, and that's the first part of being a Christian is learning how to receive. But at some point, at some point, God wants you to move from receiver to transmitter. To being a transmitter. Like in my car, my car is equipped with a receiver so I can receive radio signals so I can listen to the 80s best era ever 
so I can listen so I can listen to music I can listen because my car has a built-in receiver you you have a satellite dish on the side of your your house where you live it's a receiver so you can watch Yellowstone you have a receiver but God wants your church God wants your life God wants the house of God to not just be a receiver of heavenly revelation, a receiver of healing, but but also to become a dispenser in the earth. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely, freely give. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to move from receiver to transmitter. If you said, hey, pastor, what's the will of God for my life? He wants you to become a receiver that then transitions into being a, tr- a transmitter. Now, here's the truth. I'm always, I've always got to understand that I've got to go. My first posture is to be a receiver. But once I receive, I know that it's not just for me alone. It's for me to be a transmitter. It's for me to be a transmitter. What's the will of God for your life? For you to receive what God has for you, but then for you to be a transmitter. Jesus says, bring the five loaves and two fish. He knew what he was going to do when he says, hey, where can we buy bread that these may all eat? Oh, Lord, not even a year's way. Sit them down in groups of 50. Watch what I'm doing for you because this is you. You're going to learn how to receive and you're going to learn how to transmit. You're going to learn how to receive and you're going to learn how to multiply. God wants your life to touch other lives. There are people who are going to be in heaven because of your life. There are people who are going to be in eternity because of your life. There are people who are going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. They're going to be set free. There are people on, on the precipice of ending their life, overdosing on drugs, giving up on their marriage, giving up on their faith people who are staggering in hopelessness, depression, and anxiety, but because you are someone that knows how to receive but doesn't stay there, but moves from receiver into transmitter, they're going to come out. They're going to be set free. They're going to be delivered. They're going to find hope. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Quickly, take this stuff away. Take it away. Quick, 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 quick. No more preaching. No more preaching. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want to just pray for people. And uh, God wants healing to flow into your body. And the, you know the most beautiful thing, and Pastor John preached this. I've been in church 34 years, never heard anybody preach this. Pastor John says, before Jesus died to save your soul, he gave his back to heal your body. On the way to the cross, the Bible says they whipped him and by his stripes, you were healed. There's a transaction, there's a receipt for your healing. If you need healing in your body, stand to your feet now. What do I need to do? Just receive. Just receive. Yeah, but the doctors have said, I I know, God bless them. I want you to tonight to come into alignment with what the word says. Are you calling the doctors liars? Not, not at all. The doctors will discern what's there. The doctors will discern what they see on a microscope or what the blood test brings back or what they've discerned growing or whatever. God bless the doctors. They're telling you what they see. But Jesus tells you what he gave you. Jesus tells you what he purchased for you. By his stripes you were healed. Jesus is a healing God who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Not healing some, not he gave it a good show, good, good shot, healing all. Just lift your hands like a receiver. Say these words, say, Heavenly Father, tonight I receive healing. 
I declare my body is a specimen of health. Every cell in my body responds to the Word of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. Healing flows through my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I command, I command every cell in my body come into alignment with the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Soul, body, spirit, obey the Word of God. I declare over my life, healing flows. Healing is my portion. I am a child of God. Jesus, my Savior, paid. He paid for me to be healed. And I receive it right now. Spirit of infirmity, get out of my body. Sickness, depart from me now. Every sick cell dies, disappears. Healthy cells multiply. Every healthy cell in my body flourishes, increases right now in Jesus' name. And just stay under that for a second. Stay under that for a second. Many of you are going to feel a warmth going through you. Somebody right now, there's a tingling happening. Tingle, you feel a tingling in your fingers, a tingling in your feet. That's just the power of God going right through you. Feel that tingling? That's the power of God, power of God, power of God. God is healing somebody's liver condition. Some of you got a liver condition. God is healing that liver condition. Somebody else, it's a blood condition. God is healing your blood condition. Somebody here, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. God is healing that right now. Healing that right now. Healing that right now. Somebody, you've got things that have been fused together from an accident. An accident. God is healing that right now. You find relief going right through your spine. In fact, the pain that you had in your hips, it's like your hips were locked up and your legs, healing flowing right there. Healing flowing right there. Continual migraines leave right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for healing flowing right through, right through, right through, right through, right through, right through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, those of you who are standing, I don't want you to sit down. I have to hand back, otherwise Pastor John will never have me back. But I want you to stay standing because I'm going to just pray for two more quick prayers. And just take all three. Take all, take, take all three. Take the healing and then take these next two as well. Amen. Amen. All right, the, the, the next one. So God wants you to be a, a, a receiver so you can be a transmitter. And I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit say there are, there are people here and the times that we live in are certainly tumultuous. The, the uncertainty, did he win the, is the president, is the vice president going to be the new president? Is, is Trump, is the, the front? And there's just uncertainty. And in uncertainty, there, there can be unsettledness. And God said that the people were already anxious. 2020 has been a year that I'm sure a lot of people will be glad when it's over. With COVID, with lockdown, with restrictions, with with uh, closed borders, with loved ones, some lost loved ones were unable to attend. It's been a tumultuous year. Some people here, there's, there's just not a freedom. It's like darker and negative thoughts. Maybe you were never a negative person before. Maybe you were always like a, a bright or an optimist person, but this year you found yourself thinking darker thoughts 
found yourself thinking more depressive thoughts than ever before. Or maybe you're, you're gripped by anxieties or fear or uncertainty about the future. Maybe you live in fear of catching COVID. Maybe you live in fear of dying, fear of death. The Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You don't, do not need to fear. In fact, God always, when an angel turns up, first thing the angel says is fear not. Fear not. When heaven sends an emissary into the earth, the first thing they're shocked about is the amount of fear. The first thing they have to say is, man, where I just left, hey, 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 fear not. Receive increase. 
I receive favor. I receive authority. I am the head, not the tail. I am blessed going in, blessed coming out. The best days of my life are in front of me. My God, who lives on the inside of me, is greater than he that is in the world. And because God before me, who or what can be against me? I'm more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When the enemy comes against me one way, he must flee seven ways. Because my God, his hand is upon my life. I'm a receiver and I will be a transmitter in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.